Hey everybody, before we get into this uh, this week's episode, I just wanted to say there were a few teething issues with this one. We were really trying to find a format and formula that worked for us and this episode being as long as it is has a few technical difficulties, especially towards the end of it. There's overlapping audio issues and we're not just talking over each other, it was corrupt files because there were so many of us and because we were talking for so long. So needless to say, going forward after this episode, we... We cut down the number of hosts and we cut down the number of episodes that we talk about per episode. We kind of bring it down to about two or three per episode now, uh, both hosts and episodes of Bleach that we're covering. So hopefully you understand. Please don't judge us too harshly based on this episode. I know it was a bit rubbish. We were still finding our feet and hopefully you still enjoy it regardless. Thanks. Welcome to the Serite, a Bleach podcast brought to you by Tatsuki's Karate Class. I didn't want to do the advertisement, but she threatened me. Uh, today I'm joined by the lovely Dale. Hello, everyone. Shiki. Hey, guys. And Elv. Hello. And I, I am Lethan. Like <laughs> <laughs> and I am Lethan. Uh, so, guys, today we are going to be looking at the four episodes. We had the four episodes of the Bleach anime that we were going to be watching. Um, and Elv, I think you're going to start us off with a recap on episode four. Yep. Um, so, in episode four, we get into the story of the cursed parakeet. As it's, I'm fairly sure it's labelled that. Don't actually remember. I think it is. That's um, the episode title in English, yeah. Okay, cool. So I got it right at least. Um, so we enter the episode with Chad. So we already know it's going to start. Um, Chad's going to be a big feature in this episode. We see him find the parrot. Well, parakeet. Same. going to get that mixed up this entire time. Don't um, worry about it. We know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> We have the encounter of have, seeing that it's a cursed parakeet when um, he runs into a bit of trouble with a falling beam and then gets a couple other things. He's just having the worst time with this parakeet, but he keeps, you know, carrying it around. Um, we also get to see some flashbacks to Ichigo and Chad's past and how they know each other, which is a fun thing. And we also get to see Ishin actually do his job as... Um, a doctor, which I never thought we'd actually be able to see that in the anime. Um, but that's something that happens. And Chad is one of the patients that he's seen to. Um, and it's shown that there's a big bruise on his back that's totally not come from a hollow at all. Um, and then it goes into Karin having a really bad feeling about the parakeet, which, you know, it's shines some light onto her not so normal powers also okay so then Chad is on this race of a lifetime to keep this parakeet safe even though the parakeet keeps telling him to abandon him if I was Chad I probably would have um and <laughs> then we have obviously Ichigo and Rukio coming along to save him we get to see Ichigo using some spiritual pressure sensing which is something he never does ever again really um and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no, no, no shade to Ichigo, but come on, mate, you, you did it in the first few episodes. You should be fucking better at it. 
And then the Holo comes into things. And then we have Rukia attempting to fight, so she gets back into it, even though she's in a Gigai. And that's basically the quick overview of that episode. Excellent. Then we come into episode five. Um, and this episode starts off where we get a bit of a lengthy recap, I thought, of the previous episode starting right <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, like we hadn't just watched it, but sure. And then we see Chad... Uh, effectively you know this this hollow that, that's shown up we see chad starting to to try and fight this hollow off um and he's punching the hollow and the, the hollow and both rookie are like oh my god can he see it no no he can't he's just sitting there punching air uh then he <laughs> proceeds do. yeah then he proceeds to show off the strength that we already saw in that previous episode where he took a steel beam across his back mm-hmm. he now rips a tv post up out of the ground and brings it down on top of the hollow's head which is very impressive to say the least uh, and, and in, in the manga i would say there was a tiny little sketch of a boy who was complaining that his tv cut out at that moment which was quite funny <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i should have kept that in the anime god damn it i know and there was somebody else shouting i think it was his granddad or something in the bathroom talking about the hot water or something i can't remember it was something funny though. <laughs> right uh, <laughs> uh then it, then this it turns out this hollow who we later find out was actually called the shrieker um, sends these little minions out of him that then attack Chad and Rukia and obviously Chad can't see anything so now he's relying on Rukia to guide him so he's got the strength, Rukia's got the sight and between the two of them they start trying to fight back on this hollow uh, but the hollow, surprise surprise has another trick up his sleeve, these little minions that he's fired out of himself can barf leeches that explode because why not? But in order to make them explode he has to ignite them with his tongue by making a high pitched noise so the holos managed to get a hold of the bird. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm not calling it a parrot or a parakeet because I'll forget <laughs> and I'll say it wrong. I'm just calling it bird or bird boy because the boy's soul still inside Smiling the bird me. at this point. <laughs> uh, and threatens to explode the little parakeet or the little bird instead. Uh, Rukia decides, okay, right, I'm going to take this fight away from here. So she runs and obviously when we find out about the holos past, um, he pursues her and we find out why um because ichigo shows up and then there is a monologue of course there's a monologue there always has to be a monologue and we find out that this hollow used to be a serial killer and stabbed the boy's mother multiple times before finally killing her however the boy grabbed him and he tumbled off and fell off a balcony and died so to get back at the boy he sucked his soul out stuck it in a bird for an elong game of chase because he is that twisted the episode uh, ends with Ichigo getting pissed, to say the least. He pulls the tongue out the hollow and then slices and dices and we get the, the overview of the hell doors opening um, and the hollow being dragged in, which was quite interesting. And then it brings us to episode six. In episode six, we start off by seeing Rukia has to restock on items for her Gigai and other toys. So we we're gonna soon see Mr. Sandal Hat, Kiski Urahara. Oh, does he call him Sandal Hat? And yeah, I think the later Japanese. on they call him. Yeah, later on they call yeah, him Sandal Hat. Yeah, I thought they wow. called him Hat and Clogs. Oh, yeah, Hat and Clogs in the dub. It's Hat and Clogs in the dub. That's interesting. Which is a pretty yeah. catchy way to say it. I it would, is. I would assert. It's totally better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rukia had ordered a special item. And we will soon learn that that is the soul candy. 
Um, and not chappy. Yeah. Not chappy. <laughs> not chappy. So, Rukia goes to school and kindly whisks away Ichigo with a nice gut punch. As you do. Um, yeah, as you do. And shows him his new toy, or her new toy. Her new toy, but Whoa. it's called a Ginkongan, or the Substitute Soul. This was, I'm like sure. I said, renamed to the Soul Candy by the Soul Reapers Women's Association to be cuter sounding. I say that was probably Yachiru is doing. Probably, yeah. I, mean, I don't she's... think Nanao made that her priority, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Yachiru's in charge of the women. Anyway, we'll come to that. We'll come to all that yeah. later because yep. it's fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This is a pill that lets Ichigo pop out of his body and have a substitute soul take over so no matter so no one is the wiser. However sounds like drugs to me, but you know, call it what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Elv. Mm-hmm. Ichigo and Rukia run off as they receive orders to take out a new hollow, and we cut back to Urahara's shop to see that Ududu got the item labeled defective for Rukia. This mistake becomes apparent when we see the Ginkan break from break a fence in a test of the new body. The Ginkan apparently didn't get the memo that people don't normally jump up three stories and through a window to get into class, which... Really? I do that. That's a normal thing. Well, you're Australian. It's different. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You're I forgot that not all... <laughs> I'm sorry that not all of you can be as cool as us Aussies. Gotta run away from all of the spiders. No, no, we're, we're running towards the spiders. Oh, forgive well, me, definitely <laughs> loves the attention because he was soaking that up when we went through the window. And apparently he also loves the ladies. It was at this who, point... Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah. But it was also at this point that I realized my sister was actually watching the show with me because we get a nice focus on Orihime's boobs. Of course you do. Um... The Ginkan shows sh- chivalry isn't dead by kissing Orihime's hand, but the girls of Class 3 don't seem to take too kindly to this. Ichigo and Rukia return to school to find things are going great. As a desk flies out of the window. Nothing out of the ordinary here. Tatsuki apparently doesn't appreciate being kissed on the cheek and goes on a rampage to murder Ichigo. Rukia, Rukia and the real Ichigo to the rescue. But the Ginkan fights back as the class looks on, seeing him kick nothing until Soul Reaper Ichi flies into a row of desks and the Ginkan runs for it. Ichigo has a, has a realization of trauma as his high school life is, of being the cool kid is now officially over. Rukia comes to the realization that this isn't a regular Ginkan, but rather a mod No, nah, really? A really? <laughs> <laughs> An illegal version of a Ginkan substitute soul that was that were designed to be inserted into the deceased bodies in order to fight hollows. Rukia also levels up her art skills to animation. <laughs> project Spearhead, which was the project to make the Kaizo Kanpaku, was terminated due to the use of corpses fighting. All the mod souls were ordered to be destroyed while Ichigo while Ichigo doesn't like the idea of destroying souls just like that, Rukia states she will follow the wills of the Soul Society regardless. 
Meanwhile, the mod soul is frolicking about the city and performing feats of superhuman proportions while soaking up all the attention. The mod soul comes across a group of kids playing on their Game Boy Advance systems, showing the exact time, showing the exact time frame this series was created. Yes. Yep. The kids are talking about how creatures they created in the game should work properly and do as they're ordered or be terminated. This sets off the mod soul's temper, and he starts to attack the kids. Ichigo steps in to engage in round two, to be continued with Dell. So episode seven, we actually cut briefly to the... uh, Gonna start that again. (laughs) So episode seven, we actually start by cutting briefly to the Urahara shop, uh, where Uru is feeling bad that she's made a mistake. She's upset. She's uh, actually crying a little bit. And Kisuke approaches uh, and comforts her in a a show of almost parental affection, telling her that they're going to get it all sorted out. Uh, Even though his shopkeeper pal, Tessai, uh, makes it pretty clear that this rogue mod soul is gonna be a problem um so we know that we've got some folks on the ground who might or might not be set to deal with this issue cut back to the ichigo versus ichigo fight um (laughs) they're both landing a couple of blows on each other but then they get distracted when both rukia and the mod soul independently sense a hollow approaching uh so the mod soul books it uh, because uh, he becomes worried that this hollow will attack the kids who were formerly playing on their uh, contemporary and exciting Game Boy Advance gaming system. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we all know it. Advanced. Yeah, no, I know. It's fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. Maybe it was a Game Boy Color. It was actually hard to tell. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he books it in one direction. Rukia and Ichigo split off in the other direction. Both of them are interested in uh, uh, circumventing this hollow that seems to be in the vicinity. So indeed, a hollow, which looks kind of like a centipede, emerges from the sky not too far away from these kids. Um and as Rukia and Ichigo are on the way, Rukia is, uh, states that she's having some trouble with her soul pager, the device that she's been given uh, to track hollows and keep them on her radar. So uh, it might be worth noting that this is not the first time that she's experiencing difficulty with the technology from Soul Society that is supposed to be working correctly for her. Uh, so eventually, uh, uh, the, the mod soul reaches the hollow first, kicks it a couple of times, actually lands a few surprising hits on this hollow. He looks like he's doing a pretty nifty job and then eventually gets beat in the shoulder. He's on the ground. He's bleeding a little. He's not down. He still looks like he's interested in fighting. Uh, but then Shinigami Ichigo arrives. He's got his big Zanpakuto, slices the hollow across the mask uh, and without too much trouble and with an additional kick from the mod soul who just like had to get that last blow in there uh, <laughs> manages to send the hollow careening into the sky where it disappears for good. Uh, the young kids are <laughs> reprimanded by their gym teacher who says they spend too much time <laughs> playing video games. Uh, and that they're going to have to clean up some stuff after school because she doesn't believe that an orange-haired high schooler attacked them, which, honestly, fair. Um, (laughs) So, this problem uh, solved for now. Ichigo confronts the mod soul that's possessing his body, um, and uh, he, he starts to have a conversation a little bit about, hey, like, why did you care? Why did you step in? Why did you help these kids? Um, and the mod soul reveals a fairly touching history, actually. He says that if he hadn't helped the kids, they might have been killed. 
And he's really not into the idea of seeing other people die because as far as he knows, he was created, labeled as broken, and slated to be destroyed by the people who created him. Uh, and so he spent his entire life in fear, in fear of death, uh, and eventually resolved that he wasn't going to let other people take control of his fate anymore. He was going to determine his fate for himself. And so he won't kill anyone, and he certainly doesn't want to see anybody else killed. Which was like, thinking about uh, the mod soul who heretofore has remained nameless. <laughs> um, remembering who that character sort of develops into, hearing that, I was like, oh, wow, you're, you're far more multi-dimensional multi than a lot of the fandom gives you credit for a lot of the time, buddy. So that was kind of a nice mm, thing Never I again, though. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. we all yeah. start somewhere. <laughs> Um, so Ichigo and the Mod Soul are having this little heart-to-heart -heart on a roof, and out of nowhere, we see Mr. Hattenclogs approaching. Uh, it's, it's not explained even kind of where he comes from. He's just there. Um, he, he takes his cane, and he pops it into the Mod Soul's forehead. This little pill falls out the back. Uh, Ichigo's kind of like, WTF you doing, man? Um, then there's a cut, and you, you're, you become aware that the whole entire staff of the Urahara shop is on the roof. So who knows who's manning that storage area or greeting customers? Drug. <laughs> um, so you've got uh, Uruu and Jinta, the two kids, and Tessai, who is uh, uh, the, the one who actually runs things. He's, the, he's the, the big dude with the apron and the glasses and uh, organizational skills. Uh, so um, they uh, they have a conversation with Rukia. Um, a lot happens in this episode, y'all. I know this is a little long, but it covers a lot of territory. Um, <laughs> um, Urahara says he wants to destroy the little, the little pill that pops out of the back of the mod soul. Uh, Rukia, however, says she's completely satisfied with her purchase and doesn't want Urahara to destroy it. And besides, she's paid for it. He's like, I'll give you a refund. She's like, nah, man, I'm good. Um, and mentions that they, the members of the Urahara shop, work, quote, outside the laws of soul society. Whatever that means. Uh, so Rukia then gives the little, the little soul pill back to Ichigo, who ostensibly keeps it for a bit. Uh, Ichigo and Rukia walk home. Ichigo's not happy because his body feels like a freaking mess because Cone, oh, the, uh, the, the unnamed mod soul heretofore was uh, jumping around, fighting hollows, got Ichigo's shoulder all busted. Ichigo is not stoked, so he wants to like have a heart to heart with this, this mod soul. Rukia's like, we can't really do that unless we have a corpse. Ichigo's like, great, get us a dead body. Let's make that happen. And then then he comes up with a better idea, which is to put it inside a, a little lifeless plushie of a lion that he finds in the garbage. Um, so he does so. The little lion starts talking. They start having their beef. The lion's not too stoked because he can't actually fight a human-sized person. Um, the next day, Ichigo reveals that he's decided to call the mod soul. Thank God I can finally say it. Kon, uh, which is sort of short for Kaizo Konpaku, but uh, he didn't want to call the mod soul Kai because he thought Kai sounded too cool. <laughs> um, oh, that's interesting. So yeah. straight up, the, mm. I'll let you finish first and then I'll make my comment. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into the chat, but this I, I watched this episode in Japanese, by the way. Um, so, yeah, that's why I like my comment. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can probably get through the rest of this pretty quick. Uh, we roll up at school again the next day. Uh, Ichigo 
asks Rukia whether she's erased his classmates' memories again. She reveals that indeed she has. Um, Ichigo's starting to wonder how he feels about that. Um, iconic moment as we roll up and the girls are sharing some art projects about what they're going to be like in the future. Tatsuki, badass motherfucker that she is, is like, I'm going to be a martial arts champion. And she draws herself holding a belt. Orihime shows herself as a cyborg that shoots flames from her eyes. She calls it a masterpiece. All the other girls are like, I was not expecting that. And Orihime reveals one of the most charming sides of her personality, in my opinion, by showing this, this masterpiece that she's created. We also get a brief shot of a boy that I don't think we've seen in class so far. He's got black hair and glasses, and he looks like he's doing needlepoint. Bet that's not important. Ichigo comes in, uh, <laughs> and Orihime says he feels a little... Glasses. Yeah, no, I know, because of, <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet Megane-kun, it's like my favorite trope ever. Um, <laughs> Ichigo comes in, Orihime remarks that he looks a little off, a little upset. Tatsuki asks what date it is. Uh, it's June 16th today. Tatsuki says, okay, great, makes sense. I know why Ichigo's not seeming like himself. He's going to skip school tomorrow. Orihime's kind of like, oh, that's a little odd. I wonder what's going on. Cut to evening at the Kurosaki home, where Ishin, who is the chairman of decisions for the next day, um, has appointed Karin as chief of staff and Yuzu as the lunch officer. There's clearly a family planning event going on. They're putting together a picnic. They're making plans to go somewhere. It's still not revealed quite where just yet. Um, so uh, Ichigo returns to his room. Rukia, of course, is there hanging out in the closet like she does. And uh, she says, oh, that meeting looked like fun. And Ichigo says, yeah, not well, kind of, not so much. Hey, by the way, do you think I can take the day off of being a substitute soul reaper tomorrow? And Ricky is like, no, you can't. Yeah, I just not, not save somebody for a day, you know? I know, exactly. Just, like, which, can I, I just mean, not the thing save anybody? Is, like, <sighs> it is legit not how that job works. Like, I mean, well, maybe there's like a two weeks notice moment if you're actually a part of the hierarchy <laughs> of soul society. I have no idea. But as it is, uh, Rookie is like, no, you can't do that. That's not how this works. Um, and Ichigo reveals that he wants to take the day off because the next day, June 17th, is uh, he starts off and he says the anniversary of his mother's death. And then he amends it to say, no, no, actually, it's the anniversary of the day she was killed. And it begins to rain outside. And you get a quick shot of Orihime looking out the window, wondering if she were the rain, could she connect with someone's heart like the rain connects the sky and the earth, which is just beautiful. And there's a lot of rain imagery that'll come up later, and this is kind of the start of it. So that's that's kind of that's kind of nice. Um, Ichigo has a bad dream, wherein we see a little flashback of him as a child uh, and his mother. Uh, and then meanwhile in a place that we haven't seen yet where the architecture is a little bit different, a little more old school. Um, there are a bunch of kids running around. There's a guy dressed like Rukia hanging out with these kids who is approached by another guy dressed like Rukia, but who has uh, a mask and some fabric covering his whole entire face, uh, black fabric. <laughs> um, and he says, hey, we're having some trouble. The 13th Division's Rukia Kuchki has stayed too long in the human world. You want to do something about it? And uh, this other guy, uh, this this first guy dressed like Rukia says, okay, yeah, I can be a little bit rough, but I totally get it. I've got a mission, and uh, I'm going to make that happen. So that's episode. That that was all one episode. I told you, man, we covered a lot of ground, a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of loose ends are tied up. Yeah, and then a lot of uh, little plot threads were were sort of touched on and said okay cool like they, they clearly really wanted you to keep watching the show after they wrapped up a few parts of the previous mini arc 
which I get. Nice work. <laughs> so that's that's what we've got. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree. This this episode for me felt like the it feels like the star. I don't know about you guys, but like all this the fluff we've had before, but this is this is the, the in-depth stuff. This is the feelings now starting mm. um that's gonna take us through roller coasters and bleach. Yep. Alright, so what were our thoughts on these four episodes then? Who wants to, to talk us through their thoughts and opinions? Oh, wait um, a minute. Before that, though, I think, Elv, you said you were going to bring up something um, about the name. Yeah. Was it Maud in the dub, wasn't it? Yeah, Not so Karen. the reason... Yeah, so the reason what I was going to um, bring up, which is inter- interesting, which is part of the... Um, when we compare the manga and the... Um, not the manga, sorry. Um, the yeah, the dub and the sub, which and was a too, thing yeah. that I found um very interesting, was um, uh the how Ichigo got the name was kind of obviously the same, but it's um mod kompaku, um instead of I don't I'm not even trying to pronounce what you said because I don't remember that kai one. Kompaku. So yeah, so um for some reason in the dubbed it's mod um mod kompaku um. Cone wanted to be called Mod, like, you know, Flash Bad Mod, you know, it sounds better. I'm like, no, it doesn't, Cone. Cone actually does sound better. Mod Psycho. Or Con, as it, Con, however, you, however anybody wants to pronounce it, because obviously everyone's different. But, um, yeah, I definitely, oh, I found that interesting, because Kai would have been better. That would have been a cool name, but not Mod, because that's why I could never understand. I'm like, why do you want to be called Mod? Like, and it's the God, same Cone in the manga so as well, in the manga it's uh, Kai, they try. He's like, oh, what would be called Kai, and he's like, no, you're getting called Cone because Kai's too cool. So uh, in the manga, it was yeah. interesting because I was watching the dub, and they're talking about mod, and I was, oh, that's an interesting difference. But it's good to know that was actually in the sub version. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. something I also noticed because um, I watched sub, the both sub and then the dub, and when I was watching the English dub, I was wondering how they were going to pull that off because I know they call it a matzo and they never mentioned Kaizo Kompaku. And they just, out of nowhere, take the name Kompaku just to shove it in there. Like the translation writers were like, shit, how are we going to make this name connect? <laughs> yeah, it is a little goofy, especially considering they keep, like they keep Zanpakuto and they keep a few, like they keep the names of the keto spells. Yeah, like Soul be- right? Burial, it, the Soul Burial is also. Um, oh, it's Yeah. Oh, they yeah, do yeah, call yeah. it Konso, though, in the dub. Yeah, that's Yeah. So, so if they um, wanted to I've call it Mod Kompaku the whole time, they could have gotten away with it, as I guess what you're saying. <laughs> they could have yeah, gotten like, away with I it don't... too if it wasn't for us meddling kids. And... <laughs> it's true. We're going to all your calls, translation writers. Not that, not that yeah. three of us could do your job. We're still going to be those guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, just, it was just, it's just, <laughs> I remember that specific um, moment when he named him because I, I could just never got over Khan wanting to be called Mod because Flash Bud Mod. And I'm like, no, and I don't know why it stuck with me. So that's when, when you said Kai, I'm like, Nessie, that's an actual cool name. Yeah. Um, unlike Mod, which is, yeah, but, but that was... Yeah, the only justification I can think of is that it could be a commentary on what Cone thinks is cool, and he doesn't actually know what cool stuff is. Yeah, I think <laughs> I even that's that. a stretch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would want to be called Mod anyway because I'll just always be Mod Soul. You know, like he didn't think that one through, so it's it's definitely he should be thanking Ichigo for calling him Con. Though Paku would have been a pretty cool name too. So. 
that's again probably why Ichigo didn't name him that. But it's it kind of would have been so much better to call Paku because that would have been so cute. <laughs> you just take away his coolness a bit more because Khan Khan also sounds pretty you know cool ish compared to Paku because he could have been like an adorable little lion like he's supposed to be. <laughs> well, I don't know about you get uh, you guys, but I've got um I've got some notes here about. Uh, what was different in the manga again versus, you know, like, like scenes and stuff that were taken out or changed. Um, I don't know if you want me to go over some of these and it might give us some talking points. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so episode four then, uh, one of the differences I noticed, and I wanted to ask Shike this especially, was when, um, when oh God, what's uh, Ichigo's friend's name? The guy that's like the ladies' man, the rich boy. He's a weirdo. That's it, yeah, yeah. When yep. he shows up, <laughs> I'm like, when he's you say the ladies' rich. boy, I think Kago, and that's why I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's a wannabe ladies' boy, whereas the other guy, yeah, actually, he's a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a weirdo. Um, he's anyway, a weirdo he, gets all the cougars. It's he canon. does. He does. It's actually <laughs> canon. It's wild. <laughs> and it's so funny actually because it it pops up where like a sign that's written in Japanese beside Rukia's head. And he's like, no, I'm interested in older ladies, and it's like so much older pointing to Rikia. <laughs> you read it in the, in the manga. Um, anyway, one of the things he says is he says, uh, instead, um, in the manga, he says, you must be in love to him and Rikia rather than saying, oh, you two are really chummy, which is what it changed to in the in the dub. Now, I'm not sure what did the sub say when he walks up to see the two, like when Rikia's trying to stab her or juice bottle carton with a. The yeah, they also, I believe they also use the um, you two must be in love common as well. Gotcha. Because I thought in Japan, like, like the declarations of love, that was like a really serious thing. Like, you don't even have really parents that say that to their children. Instead, they well, say, like, Bleach, they want them to do well. Bleach is really putting in that um, itchy Ruki versus it, I know. That itchy Hime. <laughs> like, they really wanted everyone to fight over that. Like, you could, they should have been obvious at the beginning instead of throwing these curveballs to these fans like like every, obviously everyone's like their ship is completely valid but like bleach was just setting that up <laughs> beginning there were definitely like, moments oh. where i thought that i think the chummy thing in the dub made more sense considering mm. where bleach eventually potentially ends up um you know so the chummy comment made more sense to me than the you two must be in love especially because in japan like and this is what i wanted to ask shiki about is in japan that declaration of love is quite a serious thing Mm-hmm. So why was he sort of tossing that word around? Any ideas? I'd have to listen back to see the exact word he said, because there are like a couple of different words that you can use for saying I like you or I love you, because you can use um, skidas, which is... Like, that's like a like, yeah, isn't like, it? Yeah, I know that one. More like, like a friend, and then you have I, which is actual like mm. love. Mm-hmm. So I it would be I love you, and if you try and say that to someone in public, they're just gonna <laughs> freeze up. Even if you're dating, even if you're married, you don't just throw that around in Japanese culture. Yeah, so yeah. that would be interesting. That would be really interesting. Another thing that was different as well is that two bullies actually show up before Chad does with his bird, and um, one of them pulls out brass knuckles on Ichigo, um, and Chad is actually sort of introduced to Ichigo in this sort of group that's formed on the on the the what was it the balcony area by Chad coming in and knocking these two guys out and I'm like that was such a random scene and the whole time Rukia's sitting there still trying to open her juice she's not even bothered that these two bullies have showed up with brass knuckles and are like trying to attack Ichigo she's just like how do I get into this juice carton 
Um, we don't see any. I mean, I'll Chad... ignore it too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we don't see any of the Chad flashbacks about him meeting Ichigo either. They're not in the manga. Um, and we see a lot of, or we see scenes of um, Karin and Yuzu at school, because it struck me actually in the anime, you don't really see them at school, but in the manga you do, and, and they're in class and Karin is thrown up in the bathroom. Um, oh, because wow. she's seen, you know how she connected to that boy's soul, the, the, the bird, and she saw what he's seen, and he's seen his mother die yeah. in quite a brutal fashion. So she's in this bathroom throwing up, and Yuzu's really worried about <laughs> her. And then, yeah, and then Karin's Sorry. like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head home, I'm not feeling well, and that's when she bumps into Ichigo. So it's not like she was in bed and just stumbles out of bed and goes looking for Ichigo. She was like on her way back from school, not feeling well. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. I wonder why they cut the scenes of the girls out of school because there was a couple of them actually. Yeah, I don't. I, I it was just sometimes... to streamline the narrative. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, or to the animators break. I'm confused too. about what, why they do the things that they do. Maybe it was a budget thing. They just didn't. They couldn't, you know, get to like completely animate an entire school scene. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Some of the changes they do seem very unnecessary, um, where others are completely understandable and um, one of that one is obviously definitely part of one of those weird unnecessary differences I guess because mm-hmm. uh, yeah I mean we don't really see the girls at school and I guess I, I just thought they're, they're so they're more deemed to be almost housewifey feel mm-hmm. to them rather than them being actual kids that go to school but um, anyway, I mean I guess that's that. what they need to put in place though is these kids have grown up so quickly yeah. um which I guess that's it is taking true. that step mm-hmm. is because um, Yuzu, that's how they cope. Yuzu cleans and, be- and came the mother. That's how she copes. You could even go into how much that's an unhealthy coping mechanism or a healthy one, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Cardine is this tough girl that just, you know, is doing her best to just not be a burden by not crying and not being, um, you know, not being an issue for anybody. Mm-hmm. She's just there. And um, I guess... I mean, taking the school scenes out doesn't take away from that at all, but um, maybe that's yeah. they just wanted to focus on the home lives so you can get that feel of, you know, this is what these girls do. And they're to, older, um, they're, they seem more cope. mature. Yeah, that's true, because when you do see yeah. them in the elementary school and stuff, they do seem a lot younger, so maybe that is the route that they decided to go down. Uh, the other difference in the manga, um, and this comes into the next episode, was... Uh, and this is the brutality points, and I understand completely why they took them out. So Ichigo doesn't just, like, kill that hollow that was, like, attacking that that parakeet. He, he, he almost tortures the hollow back. So he, he stabs him, and then he proceeds to, like, cut off his legs so that the hollow can't escape him. And then he calls the hollow a four-star wanker instead of just a coward, as it's translated Yo! in the anime. <laughs> Um, a four star wanker there is, I wish they kept that oh, yeah that was so good um, but it's, yeah it's so annoying that I can't make the comment that I want because obviously we want to for new, newer people we don't want to spoil anything but that literally without spoiling that literally is a peek into Ichigo's personality that completely makes sense as to why later on this other personality that he will have is it, it is literally a reflection of him it shows that no one actually realises at the beginning that that other personality that he's going to have is not just born out of nothing. It's in Ichigo. It yes. always has been in Ichigo. Mid will love me for saying this and commenting this part, but 
this other thing isn't born from nothing. It's Ichigo has this dark side, and it is it's scary. And but I didn't actually it. realize that he did it until I watched it back, and I'm just like, this guy is a bit of a psycho. Like he's got he's got a bit of a a side to him, and it it makes so much more sense for later on. And it's like. Oh, yeah, I love because it. we we <laughs> seen it right in episode one, don't we? Because it, these kids just knocked over a glass vase with some flowers in it. Like there was no need to go to the extremes that he did of beating the absolute daylights out of them. Um, but anyway, yeah, but he I was did. Still more. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in this, it, yeah, he, he, so he proceeds to cut the hollow's legs off so that it can't get away, and then he starts to explain how it feels or how it must like this is how all of their victims must have failed and then he proceeds to stab the hollow it's honestly it's really brutal what he does to this hollow and then he finally I'm so takes sad it they out. didn't include that yeah honestly personally it would have been it would have given that dark side to Ichigo that would have made a lot more sense later on with this that that thing that I was talking about mm-hmm. it, it yeah. would have it would have been so great but again that's simply the um generalizing it so it can be for a younger audience so it's a bigger um bigger range of audience so i understand why they did it it's, it's just a pity it goes back to what i said in the last episode i mean bleach would have been a lot darker if they had yeah. they had left this all in it would have been i don't know i think it, to me personally it would have made me love the series even more because as i was actually mentioning to the other hosts before we started i actually there's a lot about bleach that i don't like i'm not a fan of and but making it a bit darker would have been actually kind of more intriguing and keeping it especially with the other characters that are in it it would have actually made me like them more if they gave that darker um depth to them mm-hmm. yeah what, what are, what's everybody else's thoughts i think yeah i took a couple of notes here uh something that i found um not surprising, but I think I'd forgotten that Ichigo said this. Uh, uh, if we're if we're still hanging out in episode five, mm-hmm. um, the bit when Ichigo is talking to the boy uh, about what it's going to be like when he follows his mother to Soul Society. Um, so for for one thing, oh no, you know what? I think this is actually Rukia's comment because Ichigo says, "Okay, you need to pass on because your mother's there," which is something that he got from Karin. Um, but then Rukia, when she's talking to the boy, what she says to the boy is, uh, the Soul Society is a wonderful place and it's very peaceful and you'll never be <laughs> hungry and it's nicer than this world. And when you don't know anything about Soul Society, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's pretty great. And especially too, by this time, we've been introduced to the concept of hell. So we're aware that there are other places you can go after you die and hell based on those big scary gates and also common uh, knowledge and understanding about the concept of hell, you're like, all right, cool. That's the place that sucks. Soul society is probably more like heaven or soul society is probably pretty nice. Um, <laughs> I'm going to to some extent, once, depending yeah, on the district. Because at this point, we don't know very much about soul society at all. And without giving too yeah. much away for future episodes, um, when it comes to Rukia's character development and where she came from and all that, um, re-watching it and hearing Rukia talk about Soul Society in that way was really fascinating. Like, something that always comes up for me when I re-watch early episodes of Bleach is just how much duplicity and how much, um, like, complicity as well exists within Soul Society and within, uh, the Gotei 13 especially. Like, there's a lot of, um, 
shady and like high key not okay stuff that goes on. Yeah. Project Spearhead is like super not okay. Mm, yeah. But there were clearly I mean, multiple if... conversations about it in mm-hmm. Soul Society. Yeah. I guess if I could even just say a spoiler alert, some people can skip over it. Like, um, literally with the whole district thing, it's kind of it's technically still as well, but. The whole differences of um, Soul Society, it's it's interesting to, obviously Rukia said it because it's that calming factor and it's that what, not wanting there to be fear within this process of moving on. It is also it's literally a straight know, up like, lie. It is a straight up lie. I was about yeah. to see her pants no, are on fire. No, it's not though. <laughs> no, but it's, it's technically not because she doesn't know which district this soul can be in because we all know that, that District 1, for example, is one of the most that district in itself is the one, the best one to live in. It's literally shown that it's one of the most populated, poorest, and, like, it, it, it has all these amazing things, and that's what she was explaining. So technically, in a way, she's not lying. She's just describing the districts that are closer and more populated and have that luxury. And, and that that's where, they, you know, that's what she's explaining. So technically, she's not wrong, but, again, we don't know how... It's picked where the souls go in which district. It's actually, it's kind of more of a fan theory of mine that maybe it depends on what you did in your previous life. Even though it wasn't damnable to hell, perhaps where you end up in the districts is maybe kind of to do with that. Because it's very interesting, like, why is it um, grouped that way? You know, how come somebody gets put into one district that might be really shit compared to others being put into one where you can literally live the best life that you, have you we can, seen? could have. I mean, right, we'll, we'll come to all the Soul Society stuff, I think, in later episodes. Um, because yeah. I was about to start a discussion there. I know, I was, you know, I was itching have for we, it Have too. we seen any of the districts where they yeah. are treated really, really well? Yeah. Um, right, okay, so we'll... we'll... Um, if you want to have a discussion, you just at me after this, because <laughs> yeah. I'll happily talk to you about um, it. Because there's literally, yeah, the, it's in the second season, the where they end up is literally, yeah. I also had another... <laughs> or internal thought when I was watching this episode and we were talking and it goes into soul society as well now I'm not sure how canon this is and I'm not even sure if they cover it that often in the future seasons because I really don't remember but Chad is saying how when if he ever um, passes on and meets him in the next life how he wants to um, talk with the boy again carry him on his shoulders things like that we know later on that the boy remembers Chad. I think it's like a short scene. However, yeah. no, it's not why well, I'm not sure if it's canon or not. In the movie Memories of Nobody, if I recall right, Rukia says souls remembering their past lives in the soul society is very rare. Yeah, Kisuke said that too. That is canon. Because well, Ichigo yeah. asked Kisuke and he said, no, I've, it's never it's never been heard of before. So I was actually going to comment on that too, but obviously because we cut the conversation short mm-hmm. because we're going yeah. to further into it. Yeah, it's it, definitely a it's, conversation yeah, we want to have later when we get there. Yeah, I think all yeah. it's a, it's good a pity. And <laughs> um, when we yeah. get to that point, um, okay. So the other differences that I noticed from the manga then was that you can get bonus money, or Rukia can actually get bonus money for killing Hollows from Kisuke. 
So Ines is where we get what the names. This, this is where we get <laughs> the names of game. the hollows. It is. It's like a game. It genuinely that's what I was thinking. Oh, so she's wow. So then she's like, okay, well, you know, he's like, right, let me see what hollows you've killed. Okay, you killed Fishbone, which was the first hollow. He says you're getting no points for that. You've killed Hexapod. <laughs> Hexapodus, which was the one that was chasing the little boy, you're getting nothing for that. Acid Wire was the name of the one that was wearing Orihime's dead brother. Um, you're getting no points for that. But then he awards her 5,000 of whatever this currency is um, for the Shrieker, which was obviously the one that had killed two Soul Reapers previously. Uh, and I was just like, what? <laughs> what? That was a fun thing I think it's because she actually yeah. had to suffer through the death of the Shrieker with the other ones. She didn't. Ichigo did it all. It was, yeah, and, well, it was more just the fact that they cut this out, but she holds up her mobile phone and she's like, I want the points. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting like flashbacks <laughs> to modern day, like collecting subway points or something, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, how I want to cash them in for that convoluted. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and like, I. <laughs> Sorry, this was brilliant. Uh, it was so good. Eh? <laughs> it did make me chuckle. I'm wondering so. what specifically is in it for Kisuke. Like, obviously, it's better for everybody if Hollows are causing trouble. I mean, honestly, it's not impossible. He probably doesn't have too much to do, like, tr truly. Like, when you think about where he's come from and now he's running a candy shop, like, bro, yeah, he probably needs something to keep himself entertained. I'm not going to say any more he than could that, probably... but oof. <laughs> he could probably get discounts on some of his stuff, you know. You, you know, he's he's an advertising man. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> That's true. He, knows, he does know him. how to run a business. He is a canon genius, so I'll let that slide. <laughs> yeah, and a scam lord. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and our thing Ooh, is, really actually, oh, go for it. Go for it, Dale. Nope, never mind. I was going to say, I was about to say something about Kisuke that I realize is going to be better suited for a much later date, so skip that, move ah, on. Okay, okay. <laughs> never mind, Hold never on, mind, never mind. Take, take a note of that and grab onto that and we'll discuss that later, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, He's one of my thing, faves, forgive me. <laughs> we see Sometimes Chad still think, has the sorry. bird, believe it or not. So at the very end, Chad still owns the bird and still brings it into school, except now that it can't speak because the boy's soul has been removed out of it, so they're all like, oh, overnight its vocabulary has dropped quite dramatically. Um, there's a scene where Orihime can smell Ichigo coming, apparently, so she's got, like, a Whoa. sixth sense okay. Ichigo. It was very creepy in the That's manga. That's just creepy. Yeah. Very creepy. <laughs> Thanks. Thank, thank you for getting rid of that. Um, yeah. like, I'm glad they took that out, because that, that was stalker material. Stalker material. But another thing they, they, they added into the anime, which I was like, oh, that was interesting, is in the manga, Ichigo calls Rukia's drawings cute and not sucky. And then in the anime, he's like, oh, they suck. Like, the first time that they meet. And then she punches him or decks him again. But in this, he says that they're quite cute. And then there's a, such a... Uh, there's another scene with uh, Yuzu and Karin at school. You know the, those boys that are playing the Game Boy Advance that Cone jumps by? Mm -hmm. uh, Karin and Yuzu are in their class. Um, oh. And so we see them. And then there's a moment where Cone uh, is jumping in Ichigo's body quite severely above walls that he shouldn't be able to reach and Karine and Yuzu are both sitting there going oh my god like that's Ichigo and then they're like no that can't be Ichigo no it's definitely Ichigo and so Karine starts threatening anybody that thinks that it's her brother because she's like something's going on here that shouldn't be happening um and I thought that was quite interesting as well huh I also noticed a few interesting differences between the sub and the dub in the earlier episodes as well mm -hmm. so in episode five this was the probably the most prominent difference um, when 
the hollow was threatening to blow up the bird with the little minions. In the dub, they were saying or acting as if Chad could hear it, but because Rika said, "Make sure you listen to it and don't move" or something like that. Hmm. Um, however, in the subbed version. Rukia actually informs Chad of the situation, telling him exactly what's going on and says, don't move, otherwise he'll blow up the birdcage. So I just found that a weird little thing as well, because in the English version, they also did mention how Chad could not hear it when he was first fighting the hollow. But then just a few minutes later, suddenly, apparently he can hear it or they act like he can. Yes, like Maybe it's the increasing of his spiritual energy. Perhaps it's that, that, I mean, it, it's probably not, but I guess you could mistake it for him slowly getting those um, that that spiritual pressure increasing as he's um, being in contact with this side of the world, which is technically how these powers, you know, um, start to um, develop more. Or at least in Ichigo's case, when he made contact with that girl, his spiritual energy started to spill out. Perhaps it's kind of the same in Chad's case. Maybe it's just his spiritual energy slowly coming out or at least we could say that just to fix the plot hole yeah. yeah any plot holes we can kind of fix we you know as we go <laughs> <laughs> there's too many to list let's be honest yeah, it's like my thinking was it could have been also uh, a, a translation and animation studios choice to match some lip flaps when they dubbed it over is the other mm. thought that i had yeah, i don't probably. know because i didn't i watched i think i what did i do i watched the first two in english and i watched the second two in japanese this week so I didn't mm -hmm. do a side-by-side. -side. I think I'm going to mostly do that, just kind of jump back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also in the episode four, there wasn't too many, like, major um, translation-ish translation differences other than the um, one that Lethan mentioned with the um, aren't you guys being chummy versus you guys look like lovers. Um, oh, boy. I noticed with Ishin, they made him a bit more comical in the situation where he was... Um, at the clinic and taking charge of things. So in the dub version, as you guys saw, he was saying, what was it? They wouldn't know a cell phone from a stethoscope or, and also tell each other to go <laughs> curl up in the fetal position. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Yeah. Um, in the, Cause he actually did it. <laughs> in the subbed version, he, instead of saying they wouldn't know it's a cell phone from a stethoscope, he says, damn underlings, they're always dragging their feet. And as well as just telling Ichigo to go hide in the corner and stay out of his way. So he takes a much Whoa. more serious tone in the original. That's kind of I think cool. that's also humor-based between um, culture, culture perhaps. That could be more so that way, maybe. Because, yeah. I mean, they, they have... They, they have like built up this image of what they want Ishin to be, and if they don't stick to that, it's kind of a bit too cutthroat between the two. I think though the the sub in this makes sense to what we find out about Ishin later. I think that the the moments of serious is just giving us pure uh, comic factor from him all the time doesn't marry up to later. Um, so I would have liked to. <laughs> but he does have serious moments. It does, but not mm -hmm. very often. Apart from in and the this next way, there couple is, episodes. There is more contrast as well, which, like, I do... For, I do I'm constantly, and I, I know I've mentioned this before, and I'm sure it won't be the last time I do, um, constantly really impressed by Bleach's ability to have both, like, 
high stakes, intense action and drama moments as well as comedy. And I think mm-hmm. Isheen at this point uh, is a really good example of how all of those things truly can exist in one person because he's basically mm-hmm. pure comedy for the first yeah. uh, four episodes or so. And now we get to see him in action. And by the time we finish this sequence of episodes, we also know that he, concretely that he has dealt with the death of a wife too. So like he mm-hmm. is a complicated man with a lot of different sides to him. And slowly we're beginning to see more and more of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess you could argue that the comedy is not exactly comedy. It, it People do talk like that when they're angry. Like, it, it, oh, I was I thinking about him just punching Ichigo in the face to wake him up, but I hear that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I meant like um, that specific what um, Shiki like brought up. Technically, that's still not comical because he said it all in all seriousness. Because I know that I I make those type of comments when I'm genuinely angry, and because he technically mm. didn't say it in humor, it just seems like a humor because you you could laugh at it, but also you know like you can tell he's frustrated because it's kind of like a dig at the p- people that he's talking about so i guess I then, does think... that come back to sarcasm then maybe japanese culture doesn't understand sarcasm or the sarcasm we've got here maybe that's what was bleeding yeah, or that leading that translation yeah yeah that or just not even just the sarcasm but like um he's practically calling them dumb without just saying they're dumb idiots you know it's it's, it's actually a really i don't know i like that kind of um because it's not technically humor you could see it as humor especially the fetal position part. But the only reason why you think it's, it's humour, because the next scene you see is literally Ichigo in a fetal position. <laughs> so um, but if we didn't have that moment, and if we had Ichigo like, look hurt or angry, you wouldn't have taken it as, as humour, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So technically it, it, that's, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel that um, that's still very much in character for him. But I get what you mean with the... Yeah, it definitely gives him a more we didn't need a dark humour and sarcastic personality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that is more relatable to an English audience. Yeah. Um, then my other notes I've got for the manga being different coming to the final episode, and that was Cone kicked the hollow, and in the manga it's very obvious that he's kicked the hollow to to protect the little scurrying ants that were underneath it that you later see him looking at, um, oh. because he didn't want the hollow landing on oh. them and killing them. Because who is he to decide what's life, you know, what's worth more? Or less than another. Um, and Why so am I, I having cone feels now? I know, That's honestly. New. I reread that part again a, a, a couple of times because Ichigo realizes what he's done and actually calls it out in the manga. And he was like, Oh, you were protecting the ants. And he's saying it as if he's looking down on him, which he is visibly in the, in the manga comic. But he's like, Well, who am I to say that this ant's life is worth more than anybody else's you know it's it's the way that he then starts to talk about it is really i know i know so i was like that was a really interesting moment i wish they'd left it in because it would have just been like a couple more sentences in the anime but they took that part out um although you do see him you do see him like honey you would get so many more girls if you were just like this all the time that's what i mean i I have a very um opinion with cone they get they built up such what could have been an interesting character and completely in my opinion just threw it out the window because literally those feelings you know that you have for cone they don't bring it back until like filler episodes like when it yeah. comes the whole mm-hmm. nozomi thing you, you don't really ever see him come back to the, those serious sides very often and it, it sucks yeah he's a walking talking mod soul in a uh, stuffed bullshit lion however 
you know, he's just this comic relief gag character yeah. that not not a lot of people like, actually, which is really sad because they built this entire episode and that entire monologue to give him some depth and they threw it away. They and it was successful, by the, the way. I was saying. feeling things. I'm still mm-hmm. feeling yeah, things. That's what I, mean. mm-hmm. I wonder if they keep that much later on in the manga, though. I'm wondering yeah, so that, too. I'll- I'll keep these posted. Anything like that that I see from Kona, I will let you and the listeners know our beautiful Please do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that I've uh, that I saw, and this was quite funny, was uh, when they had the mall, uh, the mod soul candy. Ichigo and Rookie were waiting at the side of the road for a car to kill a cat. <laughs> so oh my goodness! <laughs> wait, wait, wait! They were I'm waiting so, so that they could they potentially. They were waiting yeah. so they could potentially create a talking cat. Yeah, they were going to pop it in roadkill. <laughs> no. But but I oh, no, that, I'm that's thinking about up. like we're not we're not there yet. But it I, it's no, funny I know what you mean. That they were considering that, and I don't want to say I why. Just yet, but that's funny. That's I wonder if that idea came from. Cat, they would have found more than likely mm. for sure. Can uh, you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine coming to coming oh, to the Urahara oh shop God. and being like, "Hey, Kisuke, we found this cat," and Kisuke going, "You found which cat now?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah, she's, she's she, uh, no. That so would never funny. happen. That's so funny. Anyway, um, we see uh, Ichigo uh, thinking about calling Urahara Mr. Hat and Clogs as well. And it is called out in the manga as, as Hat and Clogs. So I think they translated that in the manga the same way they did in the, the anime, at least for the Ameri- uh, for the English-speaking audience, mm-hmm. uh, because he can't even remember his name. But there was such a cute panel, and I wish we'd... I can't remember if it was in the anime or not, actually, but I don't think it was. But there was a moment where we see Yuzu and Karin curled up in bed together, sleeping, yeah. you know, on the eve of their mum's death. Part. Did you see it? Right, okay, cool, that's fine. Um, I don't think it was on the eve of their mum's death. I think it was um, when um, Karin came back from the parakeet, and um, when she could finally sleep, Yuzu was um, also there with her, so... Yeah, yeah we've seen this, that moment. This was um, after the meeting with her dad where they were planning on what they were going to be doing for the next day, uh, which we find out, obviously, is Ichigo's mother's death day. Um, oh, it could have been that one too. I don't know. I just remember the it scene. Wasn't it wasn't there, I will either. say. That one was a straight cut to Ichigo talking to Rukia after the family meeting. Oh, yeah, true. There we go. But, I mean, we've seen it in a previous episode, so it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very cute. It just gave me all the feels from where it was in the in the manga because obviously I know what's coming up here and, and as Ichigo's talking about what's going on and you just see these two girls curled up in bed trying to obviously comfort each other. I was like, oh, my heart. <sighs> that, that's it. That's all the notes I've got for what the man- <laughs> manga was different to the, the anime. I've got a few more differences between the sub and the dub here. Go for um, Great. One thing when they were talking about the um, anniversary of their mom, of Ichigo's mom's death, the way they presented it in the dub when he first realized that it was the day before, it seemed like he actually forgot because he was saying that he was, or he was saying that, have I forgotten something? It feels like I forgot something. Then he looks at the date and is like, oh yeah, that's right. However, in the Japanese version, they don't really verbalize the fact that he forgot something. They just say that he just says there's been a lot going on. Then he looks at his watch and it shows that he comes to the remembrance that 
it's the eve before his mom's death. So they really do a lot more show don't tell in the Japanese version of it. And that seems to be happening quite a lot between the Japanese version and the dub, doesn't it? Where we need things vocalized because we're stupid and, you know, the Japanese can pick up on subtle hints. Mm -hmm. Or, or yeah, because I mean, the target audience <laughs> is younger, it's unclear. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, in I Japanese think that's more it's all the about reason. subtlety. They have subtlety in pretty much anything and everything you do, and it's like part of their nature to read hmm. between the lines. Mm -hmm. So I think they're yeah. definitely playing. But on also, that. what Dell said, kids definitely don't pick up on that. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it is that. I think that is that for that. Um, wider range of audiences i find that a lot of the things that they've added or taken away is literally to um broaden that um audience spectrum because obviously kids are, if, if they even though they intended it for teens and probably older um everything they've done is literally to encompass that younger generation of um people to be able to watch it because they know that if they can't get the teens they'll definitely get the kids i mean it's so, a 15 um, though it's rated a 15 so how young are kids are we talking here in america now that i think about it i'm not sure because i know they showed it on adult swim which is uh there's a network called cartoon network here that had like a late night portion that started at 10 p.m uh and that's where i think it aired a lot of the time in america but that's what that's where it was airing when i was like middle school high school so possibly when it was first airing circa you know the early 2000s possibly as it was airing on a different network it yeah but you find might, it might have been, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure actually i mean do you guys have watershed is that something that you have over in america i don't know what that is Okay, watershed. So we call it we call something pre-watershed or watershed over here. I don't know where that talk, where that name comes from, but it means something that is on before nine p.m. at night must not contain any swearing, blood, guns. Ah, yeah, we have. Know. Well, we yeah, kind of have but that. But then after nine, we have a suggestion night, of that on some channels. Is kind of what we have. Right. Okay. So anything that would be on after nine p.m. at night, you can go crazy with the sex, guns, violence, blah 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 blah, and you tended to find that's when. Like things like like bleach was never on my standard channels ever. I didn't discover it as, until an, as an adult because probably it was on after my bedtime, which was watershed after nine pm at night. So okay. that's and I know that I know that Tokyo Ghoul for a fact um, is on pre watershed because I discovered that a, about two years ago and it was on really? at two a, two am two am is over here um, so that children can't watch it. <laughs> okay. So, Good. Yeah. I just think the cultural differences are quite interesting. Well, and actually, mm -hmm. speaking of cultural differences, I'm wondering too if it's different cultural attitudes towards violence specifically that might be impacting mm. this because Bleach is mm -hmm. pretty solidly and like I, I mean, there are other subtle elements of genre within it, but it's pretty action heavy. Like it's a shonen, right? Like it's mm -hmm. action adventure. Uh, punching things, killing things, all of that. But stuff Dragon Ball Z on was on during the day. Dragon Ball Z, I, I watched. Dragon Ball, I yeah, but Dra Dragon Ball Z about the kids rather than Dragon Ball about the adults, though. Well, yeah, no, Dragon Ball was never on, but Dragon Ball Z was. Yeah. But there's still a lot of punching and blood never done in that. I think it was knives and the, the sword. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I'm wondering whether America's attitude is a little bit more low-key toward violence. And so an American translator might be okay with a show that has blood and swords and all that. Uh, and so because I uh, know in Australia. Might, yeah. They might be like, okay, it, cool. We were very lenient. I mean, mm. freaking 
Deadpool was M- um, everywhere else it's R-rated, but it's MA15 in Australia because, well, okay, you know, we so don't give a shit. Well, okay, thinking about Deadpool, though, like, a big part of Deadpool is, like, rude humor and swear words, which which for Australians is, like, a pretty cultural norm in my understand- no, but that's, understanding. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so it depends on the country because, yeah. obviously, it's 15, it's rated 15 um, plus, but I still think it w- would have been um, aired the same time as Naruto would have been. I don't remember. It was a very long time ago, and I never watched it on Cartoon Network. Mm. I watched it on um, on disc. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's um, – yeah, it depends on the country because I'm pretty sure that it w- over here it wouldn't be as big of an issue. I mean, if we can get Deadpool to be plus so 15-year-olds um, can see it in cinema or six uh, – I don't remember – well, yeah, I'm fairly sure that in Australia it wouldn't be an issue at all. This also might be a super small thing, but here we've got our cutoff-ish before you get to what we'd call an R-rated movie is, is PG-13. So we draw a distinction at 13 years old, and there isn't really a distinction again until you're 18. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I but guess that's, that's, that's a film in particular, thing. but... Yeah, we've got, like, little kids, and then we've got, like, older kids might want to watch this with their parents, but maybe not. And then there's, like, hey, you shouldn't see that until you're 13. And then there's, hey, you're not getting into the cinema until you're 18. And that's kind of our... And then there's, you know, X-rated other stuff that isn't really shown in theaters or on TV anyway. So that's that's kind of what we've got. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. See, we've got our, our ones... We've got, a, we've got a 12, and then 15, and then 18 plus. Yeah. So you've got your general audience. So your general audience, PG-13, then MA-15+, plus for us, and then R-18+. plus. So that's, yeah, because, like, mm-hmm. obviously Bleach and Naruto would be around the same kind of, um, the same kind of violence and stuff. And Naruto was shown at, like, um, 8 o'clock, I think. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't have been an issue in Australia at all. That's why I say that 12-year-olds are probably watching Bleach and they wouldn't be able to get that... Um, those subtlety because I know that I didn't um well I, I did more than my brother because I have a issue like with um perception and everything but my brother wouldn't have got it um because <laughs> you know young kids just don't um so I think that is also another thing of why they voice it so much but yeah not wanting to linger on that too much so I'm just having a little look at that but um I'm having a look at some of the Naruto ratings in there the ratings for Naruto for the DVDs that we can buy in the UK, we're looking at about a 12, um, which would probably be about the same. Part of me is wondering whether it's just because the main characters in Naruto are just a couple years younger, at least in the yeah. beginning. I know it's a small thing and they're still, like, I mean, we can talk about the problems of child soldiers all day, <laughs> but I wonder if there's a level of, like, oh, they're smaller and the animation style is, like, slightly cuter, I guess. They they look more childlike. I wonder as well if maybe they're, they cut some hmm. of the specifically bad scenes out so that they could get it for a younger audience, so that they could air it over here pre-Watershed. So maybe they made uh, some maybe. slight potential changes there. Uh, because I do remember seeing Naruto on, and I do remember seeing One Piece on as well, but never Bleach, never Bleach, huh. which I thought was very interesting. Because a lot of places, a lot of places will say um, that it's not a fifteen plus anime; it's more for middle school kids. So that's literally been a review for Bleach for a very long time, huh. which is again why people think that anime is like a kids thing. Because for a very long time, people do think that Bleach is for middle schoolers and. You know, 
they don't actually realise that it is actually kind of that 15-plus genre because especially later on, like, get rid of the first season or even the second season, it gets Mm -hmm. dark and it gets worse, like, in that rating where it would be definitely a 15, 16-plus. But really it's 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 being catered as a middle school. I don't really know what age that is because middle school doesn't mean anything to me, but primary schoolers and, like, no, that's still – you know what I mean. You know, that that young age of 12 and 13-year-olds would watch it. It's so hard. I don't even know what age middle school is. I'm confused (laughs) Australian over here. In America, it's, like, roughly Um, 11 to roughly 13. Okay, so thought so. So around there. So that's what it was um, always reviewed as. Um, I mean, I watched it at – age um 12 11 12 you know it was fine for us we literally watched it at school at oh, that, no, age. that would never have happened so it's, it's not here, very definitely much not. no but that's what i mean that's what i mean so like in different places it's a, it's a completely normal um anime like we're really very lax on our ratings mm-hmm. i think anyway so i mean going back on a deadpool it's literally they made it ma 15 plus so that everyone was able to watch it easier than 18 plus so there you go. There's a snippet into Australians um, freaking um, thinking what's best for the world. <laughs> and the UK and stuff as well. But uh, it was interesting. Sorry for that giant tangent, though. That was that was partly my fault. I'm just thinking, like, for all the differences that we've seen in the manga versus the anime versus the dub and the sub, it's just interesting to see what words are taken out, what words are left in, how much blood they've cut from the manga. And, you know, it's just, I find it very, very, very interesting. Um, so anyway, will we, will we come on to our diving into the Dunkai section? Yeah, so there's no real news this week, Um, but we do have some interesting stuff that we want to talk about that happened on the Discord server, so I'm going to shoot that one over to Elv. (laughs) I was going to say, I will happily take that one over. So obviously, since there's not going to be updates every single week for the um, Bleach um, news, we'll keep you updated when and if anything big happens, but... For now, I thought that we would just talk about the lovely happenings in the server. Totally not just to coax you into our madness, but so (laughs) recently, um, as VC is always completely off the hook all the time, um, we've... (laughs) I don't even know where to begin to explain. You're going to have to tell us where this Um, joke started because I woke up (laughs) at like... Seven in the morning, I looked on my phone and all I could see was bread. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? This is all going to be new to me. I've never, I've never heard this story before, so. <laughs> okay, listen. We're adults, I promise. Legally. Arguable, arguable. see are literally, literally 19 and above. Most of us are in our 20s. Yet, yeah, apparently the entire server turned into um, Bredite as I was so asking the admins, but they rudely denied me the right to rename the server to the Bredite. But um, so we were a colony of bread. If anybody's been on Facebook lately, it's got nothing to do with the joke, but if anyone's been on Facebook to be in that a group where we all pretend to be ants in a colony, then you won't find this as oh, weird as it thinks it sound. Um. It's yeah, it wasn't um, based off of that, but it turned into it. So, my friends were—I don't know where—I don't know where they got it from either. I think it was maybe a, a typo or something. But they kept saying, "I'm bred of you," like I'm proud of you, but with bread, and I didn't get it. And I was making fun of this thing that I didn't understand by, um, 
because I was currently listening to Boy of Love by BTS. We're not going to go into that. Um, but I then remixed it to Boy with Bread by BTS, but not BTS, Bang Ten, Sun Dan, but Bread the Sins. So we had this entire big laughing joke of me singing Boy with Bread. And then I, me being the dog that I am, changed my name to Bread Sugaya. Um, and then proceeded to draw um, Shiro's hair on a bread loaf um, and make him a profile picture because, yes, I go that, that far really for jokes, apparently. It was very cute. And then it's we so oh, cute, I'll show you a photo. I'll show it's you so a cute. photo. Um, you have to post that on the Instagram. I just I couldn't help it, myself. It, 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 yeah! For, for, <laughs> Oh my I'll, gosh, I'll everybody, to... follow our Instagram yeah. at the Serete if you want to see Elves Bread Sugaya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just, I take my jokes to extremes when I'm in a good mood, so I thought it was a great idea. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll paint on Tashira's hair onto a cute bread loaf that I found on the internet. And then I started, because I have mod powers, because apparently someone thought they could give me that, uh, I started changing everyone's name <laughs> into um, bread-related things. There was bread, then there was Brevin for Kevin, there was just anything you can think of bread-related, everyone's name was. And then Paul, our poor admins, came back into the chat. Geisha was the first to notice, and because and, I wished one, I might have a very bready birthday, because it was no clue what birthday was that day. And, and Geisha... Made the mistake of saying she didn't want to know what this was about, so I immersed her into the bullshit that was us dorks in the in in the voice chat, and yeah, and then we were promptly shoved into an oven after um, <laughs> after Ethan told me to go take a wife off, got and baked. I said I'd like to, but then who would butter the bread rim? But <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, we're all toasted for that, and then we had an entire, entire day of bread. Everything was bread related. It was bread tastic, and I would not change for the world. But we're we're slowly going back to to net normal. You know, we're all slowly starting to get rid of that. <laughs> we had that. No, all the yeast is gone. We're kind we had of dead. All the puns. Oh. We got eaten. They started. Oh yeah, they started to grow a little bit. And before that, oh, they started to get a little bit crusty though. I will send you screenshots. Yeah, I'll send you screenshots. <laughs> and and then, like, like a week before eyes. this, we were um, cringing everybody about the Ulus because oh, don't even ask me if that one started. But, yeah, so Ulus was another theme apparently that we had and everyone was Ulu related because um, we are that cringy. But so if you want to <laughs> join our next bullshit that we'll we'll play yes. the server with and stress out the admins because yes I'm a great mod that way. <laughs> um, then yeah, you should definitely join us. You know, see what other gr- like great crap that we bring up next time. It's going to be a running theme apparently because yeah. So that's the fun things that the Bleach community brings together. It brings together all the dorks into one room where we can just mess everything up. Because <laughs> apparently we have that power. Yeah, and then do you know what the admins see as long as it's fun and it's like hearted, which bread is, you know, bread's not really a triggering thing for a lot of people. So as long as it's something fun and light hearted like that, mm. then the admins when we come on, even although we'll be very confused because awesome. it always happens through the night, it's always with Elve. And we always wake up and we're like, what's happening? Um, but we'll, you know, oh if it's gosh, harmless, we'll go along with harmless. it. So we got chat, cooked. Came up and that's chat not and, harmless. You know, it's, wowie, that was wowie. brutally painful. It's fun. <laughs> you missed so much. It was 
Yeah, it was, oh. <laughs> it was breadily painful. Ah. Okay, right, anyway, so that was the, the diving into the Dunkai uh, news, but we've still got our favourite thing to chat about in the fandom. So, I don't know, uh, Shiki, do you want to lead us off with your favourite thing? So, my favourite thing was from a Twitter user, IG Vinyl Alchemist. He made custom Funko Pops for some Bleach characters. Oh, ooh. Whoa. Nice. Does it, is that Toshiro? Is that Toshiro? Um, there is... Yes, there is, I'm by it. There's no Toshiro, unfortunately. Right. There's no Can I ask Dan, I give me the details. have to ask, because there's never a Kitake. <laughs> <laughs> give me the details so I can spam for a Toshiro and Ichigo and Shirasaki. So, the, um, the ones he made was a hollow mask Ichigo <gasps> with a Bankai. Maybe and he'll listen. It actually looks pretty good. <laughs> he made an Ukiora. Oh. Of course, he made um, a Bayakia. He made a Shun- Shunshi, or if I can pronounce this name, Shunsui. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll always help you. <laughs> and a Kimpachi. Oh, that's cool, because there's only four pops of bleach, like, literal pops that I know of. There is a Hollow Ichigo one, which is very expensive. Um, Now, if you didn't get it when it was circulating, uh, there is a Grimjow one. There is... Oh, no, but there's way more than that. There's Ichigo, there's Rukia. There are two versions of um, Renji. There's one with his bunkai and one without. Listen... that's like Unless you say Toshiro, I don't care. I know, I know. I, believe <laughs> they're, me, they're all dead I want either Toshiro and a Rukia one. Um, a the little Mar- I was going to get the... Really um, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. I was going to get the Nanodroid of Toshiro, but I didn't have the money at the time to spend $50 on it, but I should have. <laughs> I'm regretting it. But anyway, continue with your thing, Jiki. I'm just going to complain there's no Toshiro for a bit. <sighs> um, That's really all I had with it. It's definitely. I'm definitely going to hope that with Bleach's announced return... We're gonna see a resurgence of Bleach Funko Pops, and hopefully, just merch in general. All the characters. Yes, that'd be amazing. Yeah, so Toshiro merch would be really brilliant. Like the most I have, mm. other than posters, is uh, like I've got him on my glasses case, and I have a pocket watch with Toshiro, which you can't <gasps> get anywhere now. Like wow. I, I treasure that thing. Like it's made of gold, even though it's just a cheap pocket watch that doesn't work anymore because I don't, can't <laughs> put a battery in it. But I will treasure it. I haven't even taken the plastic um, thing off of the glass on it. It's it's my fa- It's my prized possession. And if the house burns down, I'll take that with me. Um, All right, Elf. Do you want to and, just take us through what you've got then that you're loving this week? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't have much other than the server. I guess the server's just what I've been loving. I've kind of been a bit out of the um, like the tumblers and the, all the sites to find anything because I've just been so busy but I will say that chapter two of the fic I mentioned last week will hopefully be written soon so I'm excited for that another shout out to Nova because I I want my chapter I need my chapter (laughs) if you're listening to this come on I I love you stop using the podcast to bully our writers Dale Dale what are you loving this week Yeah, this week, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of my favorite visual artists on Tumblr. Uh, Their work is other places as well, but I came to know them through Tumblr. Um, I've never said your URL out loud, so if this is incorrect, please at me later. Um, But this person's URL is at Freudhood, F-R-E-U-D-H-O-O-D. 
I think they have quite a few followers, uh, and I know that if you follow them, they've reached the max capacity of people that they're allowed to follow, so they can't <laughs> follow you back now, which is a little rough. Um, but they're they're super super active, uh, both in Bleach and other fandoms. Um, they're a, a French art student, which you can learn if you read their bio on Tumblr. Um, and I first came to be aware of their work through a lot of their Shunuki, which is Shunsui Kyoroku uh, and Ukitake Jushiro as a ship uh, or as a friendship. Sometimes it's romantic, sometimes it's platonic. Um, a lot of their work that featured both of those characters or sometimes each of them individually, because of course that was like the first OTP that I fell head first into when I started uh, becoming more involved in Bleach fandom. Um, I just really like, I really like their style. It's, there's, um, it's very classic um, and it's just so, there's all, you can feel the emotion of the people that this artist draws um in particular when they do like solo shots of shunsui like there's a level of flow but also like hidden pain but also play it's it's really layered and <laughs> it, i mean i don't know i mean to each their own but their we'll style just really the really speaks as well to me and the, um, we'll they, put they the links speak... in the summary this time yeah. so for anybody that's going through the summary notes we'll leave the links to everything in there um, they do they do a lot of work um, like Marauders era Harry Potter stuff is something they do a lot of as well uh, some Les Mis stuff every now and then they dabble in a few different fandoms um, but their style is consistent more or less across I don't know they might like at me later for saying that and be and I'm, I might be describing their style completely incorrectly because <laughs> I'm super not a visual artist um, but, but I mean it's uh, what you interpret though so technically not yeah. But anyway, so they're they're also like full disclosure. They are one of the first people that I was like, oh yeah, I think this person is a Tumblr friend. Uh, so like we we've collabed before. Um, they were reading my writing and I was admiring their visual work. So and we're both like we're both Shunsui and Kyoraku shippers <laughs> or like explorers. I, I'll probably say more about that at some point, whether or not I ship them romantically anymore. Ugh. But um, uh, so yeah, that's that's my wreck for both the week and like all time <laughs> freudhood f-r-e-u-d-h-o-o-d on tumblr smashing uh mines is actually a visual artist as well my shout out is going to amsterdam um who is a visual artist on deviant art and that was where i first discovered his work he's actually he is in our discord server he's just not super active but he will do commissions if you drop him a line so i discovered him when he'd done this picture this beautiful picture of a uh, Renji actually oh. Um, so when we say Amsterdam, it's spelled A-M-M-S-T-E-R-D-A-M-N. So I will leave the links um, to his stuff down in the, in the summary as well. But you've done this fantastic piece of, like, of Renji and it looks like it could have been drawn by um, uh, Kubo himself. Like that, it, that is how pristine this drawing is. It's got a very beautiful um, background to it. It's got like really nice... Um, grey clouds which makes his hair and the white top that he's wearing just pop and I just love the stance that he's put this character in it's so well done and when I saw that I instantly fell in love with this artist because I love I, I, as somebody that can't do art I love people that can do art so I messaged him straight away and I was like right are you open for commissions and he was like oh you know I've never really done commissions before so we started down that whole process and now I've been working with this artist and commissioning him for well over a year now actually for bleach related content so he's done some outstanding pieces himself for Gein and Matsumoto and Ichigo and all the other bleach characters um, as well as other anime characters as well but then you'll always see the ones I've managed to 
coerce him or pay him to do for me because they're usually Toshiro, Rukia or Rangiku related to. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one in particular, this picture in particular, so well done uh, that I will definitely be encouraging the... I will definitely be encouraging the... Uh, Instagram owners, which is Dale and Geisha, to maybe mm-hmm. potentially give this another little nudge on the stories or something on the Instagram yeah, page sure. too. We'll reach out. Yeah, smashing. Uh, and that was my thing that I loved. So I think we got a we got a recommendation for what to call the award section of our podcast, and this comes from Naomi. So we'll see how everybody feels about this. <laughs> Naomi had recommended that we call it the Shinigami Cup Peroxide Edition. So instead of bleach, yeah. we've gone with peroxide. Love it. Which is, Absolutely love it. Which Honestly, we should have called we should have called this podcast the peroxide edition. <laughs> we should have. That would have been really funny. Um, anyway, so we've got our. We're going to start with our who would it the best. So who wants to start us off with who would it the best? I've got one. If I Perfect. would be able to start, so. The one who wore it the best would be um, definitely uh, Rukia with her beautiful leeches. She wore them very lovely. You took mine. (laughs) (laughs) At least we share the same visual tastes. (laughs) You could say those accessories made an explosive entrance. Oh, yeah, definitely. They were just absolutely a bomb. Oh, God, right, we're not going to leech that joke anymore. Um, Dale? Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, my my best dressed of the week was Urahara Kisuke wearing his big dad energy at the beginning of episode seven. I know oh, I mentioned it once yeah. already, but I just thought it was so sweet. Oh, so it was very cute, actually. And, you know, something in the, the manga sprung out a little bit more to me as well is that you see, and I know you see, is it Uru Uru? What's her name? Uru Uru. Uru Uru. Uru Uru. You see her flinch in the anime, but you see her flinch a lot more in the manga, making me wonder where did she come from? You know, what kind of abusive past? Anyway, but anyway, that was a whole thing. We can talk a lot um, about that later. I'm just saying, I don't think she chose yes. to make her bangs go. I think, I think... She and she and Kisuke have the same bangs, and I don't think that's a coincidence, and we can come back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my award for this has to go to Cone and his teddy plushie that he the mod soul is wearing. I thought that he wears that teddy plushie very well. It's him. It's <laughs> You're right him. though. <laughs> what so about our ship be the next one. Yep. So oh, my my absolute favorite chip would definitely be the hollow space in that light pole or that television pole. Like that, that's a that's a nice chip, you know. That they just worked, melded so well together, you know. And it was just it was a perfect fit, you know. It couldn't be any better. You could say they hit it off. Oh, definitely. It was just groundbreaking. Relationship. <laughs> oh my god. So for my best ship. That would be Ichigo in the fetal position. You know oh. that they were made for each other. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's, my, it's also my secret love too, other than um, Sprinto and our server. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, whoa. Uh, my best ship of the week. Uh, this was before I knew what our delving into the Dongai segment was going to be about, by the way. My best ship of the week was Orahime's lunch one day, which was bread and red bean paste, uh, which I actually don't think would make a bad dessert sandwich. So it's it's not it, the literally. worst that she's made. 
It's not no, the worst. But like that was something I mean, she brought, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I wouldn't not." <laughs> Sometimes I think um, she's secretly high. Like that girl just makes some weird yeah, food. That's true. <laughs> I could see that she's just permanently stoned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, from the smell of it you go <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so my ship uh, for this time goes to Urahara uh, and his name Hatton Clogs I think that suits him very well so uh, that was worse bringing up from the manga than it was from the actual anime but I still count it because I was like yeah that, that's a ship made in heaven I don't think I, I don't think he's good called any as anything else really so I totally agree. So then the double tech, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It's our last one. Mine was definitely Ichigo ripping the hollow's tongue out. I had to do a double tech with that because mm. I was just like, holy shit, mate. Like, whoa. <laughs> mate Rooney, mm-hmm. that was some, you know, du- freaking flip side personality like in Ichigo. Like, we've seen him be violent, but holy shit. Like that, that smirk that will become very iconic later on. Like, oh, yeah, very well done. So for my double take, it was when we saw the kids playing on the Game Boy Advances, <laughs> mainly because I had to remember exactly how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make make me feel old too. We're all old. <laughs> uh, it's been eight my- years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really, I mean, hey, we're, we're not as old as Rukia, so we That's got that true. going feel it. for us, maybe. Oh, yikes. <laughs> I feel like we've been running around in this terrible Giga for 20-odd years. Oh, honestly. Oh, boy. My double-take moment. Again, I think I'm finding a lot of my double-take moments are... Uh, plot-related or foreshadowing-related elements that I maybe didn't catch the first time I was watching. This mm-hmm. one comes from uh, my, like, he's rising up in the ranks as, as one of my new faves, Ishin Kurosaki, uh, speaking on the phone when he's at the clinic and he's got those uh, patients coming in, one of whom is later revealed to be Chad. He's like, I don't have enough beds for these people. I need, I need them to go to the hospital. And he's on the phone with a hospital and he says... Tell your boss this is a request from Ishin Kurosaki. And I was like... You know why, though? Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's exactly... That's, I'd never caught that before. I did clock last oh. time when we were watching the beginning. I was like, okay, it's. I never realized that Ishin is in the medical profession in that way. This is fully a foreshadowing thing, and I don't want to be too specific about Push it. Pushes glasses up with knowledge. Uh, well, I just understood this. Yeah, no, exactly. So, like, that, that level of parallel, before? it's because it's subtle, and when you first watch, you're not looking out for it, but I thought it was... Uh, well, that wait, actually, that makes that insult hundred times better of the it style. It does, doesn't it? Because you know damn well. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, I, I'm sorry for folks that haven't seen the anime all the way through or read the manga all the way through yet. That double take is probably not going to sound super exciting, but I clocked big time that Ishin was on the phone and felt like he could call in favors with the boss of a nearby hospital. So uh, that was my double take moment. Mm. I love that one. That was a really good mm. one. Um, mm. uh, yeah, uh, and it's something we will discuss. We will we will definitely discuss. Uh, double take for me this time, and it comes actually to my favourite Bleach OST. 
and it is, uh, or section of the OST, it is in Nothing Can Be Explained and it hits so beautifully when Ichigo says uh, tomorrow's the anniversary of my mother's death and then we get that beautiful rain and this haunting music that just is one of my favourite, in fact it is my ultimate favourite bleach music playing in the background and that whole scene is so well done and so hauntingly beautiful where you've got Orihime hanging out the window wishing she could connect to people like the rain connects and that whole scene, that whole moment of realisation of oh yeah well we, we now find out or we're finding out about his mother uh, with this music in the background was my double take. Oh, so that's well a good done. One. And it's it's just nice to call out and call relevance to Bleachy's amazing soundtrack because it has oh, one yeah, of definitely. the best soundtracks of any anime I've ever watched ever. Not that I've watched mm. loads, but you know, like of the ones <laughs> I have seen, Bleachy's soundtrack is definitely up there. Um, so before mm. we go and we start talking about, uh, well, in fact, we'll do our socials first. So if anybody is wanting to find us, the links to all of our personal socials and things will be included in the description or the summary for this. Um, but the Serete, you can find us at just searching the Serete on Tumblr, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You can come and follow us on all of those platforms as well. Um, and then Dale, what is our next episodes that we're going to be watching? Ooh, yes. So our next episode is going to be uh, episodes 8, 9, and 10 of the anime together. Uh, and that's going to kind of start and end another little mini arc for y'all. Which I'm very excited for. Very excited for. Um, yeah. So guys, yeah, please come and, come and find us on the Discord server if you want to come and hang out. You can chat about the podcast. You can chat about the fandom, fan fictions, art, anything at all. We're there. We're, we're on board for it. Um, so you can come and hang out with us and uh, find all of our socials as well as the socials to the people that we called out as well and our favourites down in the summary for this episode. Um, any yes. last things you guys want to add? Um, I have a comment. Um, mm-hmm. This could, depending on how the comment goes, you can either cut it or you can leave it in. But I was actually going to have a kind of a... Um, because of how much we really wanted to talk about certain things that were spoilers and it was so frustrating, I was thinking that perhaps a, a nice idea would be to um, every, um, maybe a, towards the middle of the season that we get to or even at the end of a season, we just have a episode where we just talk. Uh, it's a complete spoiler episode for the people who've been here before and know the entire anime and are watching re-watching it with us to have mm. that nostalgia that we talk everything through like the, the things we picked Theories up on that we never did mm. yeah like I that, like that then a lot. actually completely like bring it back to that like the things that we've mentioned that we noticed that like completely lead into like future episodes like those 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 moments of boom my brain just exploded moments yeah. so we don't have to censor ourselves so whether yeah, if this true. becomes if it, this doesn't get cut, this would probably just be my moment of saying that if anyone has an opinion of if they would want that, yeah. uh, I, know, I definitely would because to be able to talk just openly and candidly about the everything, because obviously some people listening to this might have already watched Bleach and they don't want that whole, um, even though you, you guys are sitting there with us going, yeah, I know what you're talking about, it, just an episode, like... I think yeah, we'd have to like, watch the. I think I'm all for this, except the Thousand Year Blood War, because I know Shiki has not read the Thousand Year Blood War, and I know some of the people have not or do not read the manga. Oh no, just so, for the anime, just, just for the anime, yeah. for the anime. Because <laughs> I, I haven't watched. So, so yeah, everything but the final arc. Then 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that just works. everything that's in the anime and just have a moment of just being able to draw those parallels between, you know, Ishin now and what happens later and, you know, all of these things, just being able to have a candid talk together um, just for the, the people who've been here forever and who need that, who need that moment of just let's all just say, fuck yeah, I remember that now and all oh, this makes sense, you know, that give, getting that hype, giving you that, that excitement back to this anime because you, you've got all these plot holes that aren't actually, some aren't actually plot holes, there's still too many plot holes, but some uh, that actually make sense now that you're re-watching it that say, oh, that makes more sense now, it made no sense to me at the beginning, you know, just have that that community of being able to do that you know would be yeah no I think I we think should maybe put nice. that out to the listeners yeah maybe ask the listeners in anybody that wants to if you've got any comments on that let us know on Instagram Tumblr Twitter come find us in the Discord server come and chat to us if you would like to see something like that or maybe you don't want us to do something like that but I'm I'm happy for every like at the end of each season or whatever we do a full spoiler episode where we yeah. get to talk about it and would, we just take notes yeah obviously we labelled completely the spoiler chat or like we'll come up with some cheesy name for it but it would definitely be specific like just a a complete overview and like just an anime overview really even just with the manga up to it but like a complete just every season like what in the season did you have those aha moments you know just talking about like Ichigo's character development would be like an amazing thing and even other characters as we get into the other seasons yeah, I think let's put it out to the listeners. Let's get that feedback. Um, but in, anything else we want to, to add on before we finish up, guys? Nope. Nope. All good? Cool. Excellent. All right, then, guys. So you know where to find us all, and we will see you in the next episode. But until then, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.